Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice, fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is October 20th. This is week seven of the 2020 NFL fantasy season and NFL regular season, too. <laughs> My name's Michael Nazarak. I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, my a very good friend, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Really well, sir. Thank you uh, for asking. Uh, yeah, like you said, week seven. It's hard to believe we're more than halfway through the through the fantasy regular season, regardless of, of what kind of league you're in, just about. Week seven is usually about the halfway point or, or past it in some cases. You're about the halfway point of most regular seasons for fantasy. Uh, either week 13 or 14 usually is the length of fantasy season. And during COVID, I, w- I was looking on Twitter, and I, I couldn't believe this, that out of all the th- tens of thousands of tests the NFL has had, they've only had 42 positives ever since the start of training camp. That in itself is, a, I think, a win. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think so, too. And if you think about it, half of those are on the Tennessee Titans. So, I mean, because they, they had, I think, 19 or 20. So, that's, that's yep. really quite astounding they've had that low. And I know that the NBA and the NHL and even Major League Baseball, with the, with the start they had, was had some fairly low numbers as well. And uh, I think they said uh, baseball had something along the lines of, you know, almost 200,000 tests with very few positives after that first initial burst. So, kind of good. I mean, something's working even without a bubble for, for the NFL teams. Well, you know, everyone's taking it seriously because there's millions of dollars on the line, and, and fortunately it looks like uh, all the players are keeping their families in line. They're wearing their masks, and that's all we can ask. Anyway, let's get right to the news because there's lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, it's just injuries just never stop. They're still waiting on their wide receivers to get healthy. And in the meantime, Miles Sanders goes down with a knee injury. Uh, he's going to be out one to two weeks, missed this Thursday night's game against the Giants. And now Zach Ertz is going to be out with a high ankle sprain three to four weeks uh, there. So, uh, golly, what's the fantasy impact uh, if you own Miles Sanders here, uh, Chris? What, what do you do? Well, obviously the, the, the name to look at is Boston Scott. He's the next man up. He, he did not impress when he took over for Miles Sanders uh, the other time, the, the other night. But, uh, you know, last year at the end of the year, he did have that three-touchdown game stepping in for Miles Sanders. So, you know, you know the potential is there. My bigger concern with Boston Scott is not him. It's the rest of that offense. Like you mentioned, a lot of guys missing. And their offensive line is, is in shambles and not playing well. So I'm really reluctant to, to say that there's a lot of uh, fantasy potential here for Boston Scott. It's just, it's just too iffy of a situation to put a lot, a lot of uh, faith in it. But he's the guy you've got to pick up because he's going to be – I think he was the only guy that got running back touches, if I'm not mistaken, after Miles Sanders went out the other day. So he, he's clearly the guy to get. And – I, I would hold my nose if I had to play him, though. 
Yeah. <laughs> I believe Corey Clement is the other guy there, and he'll probably see a little bit of action behind Boston Scott, depending on how Scott performs in that game. But, but yeah, even even Lane Johnson, their tackle is hurting. Everybody's – and yet here we are, Carson Wentz, still putting up 25 points or so, you know, uh, almost on a weekly basis. Uh, he's getting a lot of it in garbage time. He looked uh, really bad early in against the Ravens, and then they came storming back and almost ended up winning that game. It's almost like Carson was trying to will it done, but uh, uh, Dallas ordered to tight end there. He's still out, uh, broke his ankle. So, you know, it's only been like a month, and he's not going to return anytime soon. Uh, and like I said, Ertz is out, so you can't pick up Goddard. What about Richard Rodgers? Do you pick him up possibly and, and start, or do you go out outside, maybe to your side of the country, Trey Burton, Jack Doyle scored? What's your thoughts on the tight end situation if you got Zach Ertz? Uh, I mean, Richard Rodgers is going to be an intriguing play just because that offense is, is in such need of, of players and it is so tight end friendly. So I think he's certainly a good stop yet. I mean, Trey Burton is, is more and more every week, so he's definitely a guy to look at. I think he's actually going to start pushing for low-end tight end number one potential in PPR leagues, even in the absence of, of the fact that you might need to replace a guy like, like Ertz. So he's, he's definitely a guy you want to look at. Admittedly, it's a bye week this week, so you can't use him right away. So, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think Bert, Burton is a much better call going forward, especially for the next month or so after this week. But Rogers does intrigue me as someone who has some really good potential. Definitely a cheap option if you're playing DFS leagues, for example. I think he's going to be a guy that's out there and available, and, and you should probably look at it if you're unable to get a guy off the waiver wire. It's a pretty thin waiver wire for tight ends right now in most leagues. Okay, uh, well, let's move on back to Mr. Livian Bell, who we talked about the Jets, and I went on my rant about them and such, and I mentioned Buffalo, and I believe maybe you mentioned Kansas City, and guess what? He ends up signing with Kansas City. Buffalo's in it near the end. Uh, Miami wanted him too, but, uh, you know, they're not quite there. I think uh, Mr. Bell really wants a ring. Uh, so he signs with the Chiefs, and now some people are saying, hey, he could take over for CH, but then CH looked really good this past, uh, you know, uh, just a, a day ago, uh, you know, playing uh, the Bills. Uh, it, it, rainy weather and all, uh, so they decided to go run heavy, and boy, he just ran all over them. Uh, you know, having a good offensive line helps. What do you think Bell steps into in terms of this coming week? Uh, what type of role do you think you see he, he's going to do for, uh, for, for the Chiefs? Well, this week, stepping into it this week, I see him being at the change of pace to, to give the guy to give the rookie a breather for certain. I don't see him jumping right in and taking over even a, a significant timeshare this week. What he will do this week, I believe, is he, I believe he's going to get the short yards and goal line opportunities. Um, CEH, is, even despite how great he played the other night, he was still very inadequate in obvious short yard situations, and he's had a lot of red zone goal line touches and done nothing with them. So I think Bell with the nose for the end zone is definitely going to be that guy this week. If you're looking at a basic scoring league, he might be a decent number two, maybe number three, just because of the opportunity he's going to get at the goal line. Going forward, looking yep. ahead down the road, you got a guy like CEH, he's, he's, you know, he's a rookie, so you got that whole week 11, week 12 wall you have to worry about. Um, obviously, if he gets hurt, Bell's going to step into a great situation and be the, the obvious number one guy there. To, to get uh, significant touches at that. So I think Bell's a definitely a much, much roster guy. He's definitely a guy you want to think about down the road uh, towards your fantasy playoffs. But this week, I think you're probably only going to want to think about starting him in basic scoring leagues unless you're desperate. 
Okay. I own Bell in one league, and it's the best ball league, so I get what he gives me. <laughs> I could have yeah, used him good. last week, though, because Alvin Kamara is my stud on that team, and he wasn't playing. So, fortunately, I had uh, uh, Philip Lindsay came through for me there. Uh, anyway, but I, I agree with you there. I think his role is slowly going to expand, and definitely he should see the, the goal line carries because I don't think CH has converted to any kind of goal line carries into any points. Uh, you know, even even though he ran all over the Bills when they were in short yardage, he was struggling, and he got no chances there at the goal. They were throwing you know, the football to Travis Kelsey. Anyway, shifting gears on over to Cincinnati, we uh, we kind of trashed A.J. Green last week as he droppable. We bench him, you know, almost on the verge of is he going to be traded and all. Well, we did some research on this, and he did not ask to be traded. Uh, the head coach is determined to get him involved in the offense. He said, hey, uh, Joe, uh, Joe Bro, you need to get him involved. We're going to work on this. We're going to get him the ball quicker and such. And boom, you know, eight catches on 90-some-odd yards and on 11 targets. Uh, you know, and now, it, granted, it wasn't a big, uh, you know, yard per, uh, per, per catch uh, average there, and he didn't score a touchdown and all, but he still got 11 uh, targets in that game. So if you got A.J. Green on your team, are you considering starting him as a wide receiver three or a flex this week, or you want to see what he does the next week? this week against Cleveland when he uh, got 13 targets for only three catches uh, way back, I think, in week two. So what, what are your thoughts on A.J. Green now, Chris? Yeah, A.J. Green is, is definitely intriguing. Now, he's got the Browns and the Titans the next two weeks, which are in the bottom three or four in the league in pass defense or in fantasy points allowed to, to wide receivers. So he's very intriguing options. I was very encouraged with that, his performance last week. Um, and I think he's someone we've got to think about going forward. Quietly, I didn't realize this. He's 14th in the league in targets right now this year. That's that's amazing to me because everyone that's in the top 13 above him has at least twice as many PPR fantasy points per game. So he has the potential. Is, was it just a little hiccup early in the season trying to get back in the swing of things after taking a couple of years off? Um, the offense is going to give him opportunities. He's certainly getting the target. They're going to pass the ball in Cincinnati. He is definitely someone you've got to keep your eye on. If he's available in your league and you've got roster spot, I'm thinking now you do want to pick him up and hold on to him. And you could actually start him this week and next week as a viable number three, um, especially in PPRs. He put up 18 PPR points last week. That's, that's pretty impressive. Yep, I own him in uh, one of my uh, FFPC main event teams. That's PPR, of course. Uh, benched him after, uh, I think, a week three's dud. Uh, but I was encouraged. Didn't start him this past week, of course. But now I'm encouraged. And because of the bye week situations, certain other receivers off for me this week, I will be starting him. So I've got my fingers crossed there. And hopefully A.J. Green at least puts up a 10-15 spot there for PPR, maybe even more. We'll see. Hopefully he can get into, this, into the end zone. Anyway, shifting on over to Miami, it's Tua time. Tua Tagovailoa is going to be starting for the Dolphins next week after this week's bye. Despite what Ryan Fitzpatrick has put up a top 10 uh, to date rankings for fantasy quarterback uh, statistics and gotten the Dolphins pointing in the right direction. Uh, he's going to be handing over the keys to the Cadillac to Tua. So what's your thoughts on Tua, uh, uh, Chris? Uh, do you think he's going to be successful immediately? He's, he's going to struggle. Do you think they're going to regret doing this right now? Or they should wait? Or what do you think? What, what, what's your opinion on Tua, uh, Chris? Yeah, I, I think they're going to regret doing this initially from a NFL team perspective. Like you said, the team has won three of their last four. They're actually a game out of first place in their division. And they've got four very winnable games in their next five. They've got uh, Cincinnati, the Chargers, the Jets, and uh, I'm drawing a blank on the other one. is four, four very winnable games. They could easily move up to a 7-4 in, the, in their overall record. I wonder about this, not because of the timing. Obviously, he has two weeks to get ready with the bye. But with Fitz playing so well, 
they have to start. His first game will be against Aaron Donald. I mean, do you really want to put a guy with a with a, a little bit of an injury history in harm's way like that, especially with both of the right starters on the right side of their line, which is now his blind side as a lefty, are both rookies and have been a little bit shaky in pass protection. This is a little bit of a dangerous place to start him. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, he's got the running potential, which obviously Fitz had as well, uh, surprisingly. Um, I, I'm going to be a little more reserved in my judgment here just because I wonder who he's going to favor, how he's going to mesh with these receivers that he hasn't played with as well. You know, there, there's a lot of questions here. He's the guy you want to keep an eye on and stick in the back of your roster like we have in Fanex. But uh, I, I'm a little bit worried, and actually the thing that worries me the most is I think Fitz, despite being a top seven fantasy quarterback right now, I think, is probably droppable because he's not getting back in the lineup without Tua getting hurt. You don't make this move if you're considering going back with all the things potentially going on for the team's success right now. So this is, this is a dangerous position to be in as a Fitzpatrick owner or a Tua owner because you've got to stick with Tua and you've got to almost let Fitz go. Yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting. I uh, I am very familiar with Tua from Alabama. Of course, uh, you know that's my uh, my my team. I lived in Alabama for thirty years. I follow the Crimson Tide, watch all their games, and and the kid is a real talent. But I'm concerned about the hip. Uh, he's, he has not been hit since he got injured last November. Uh, Aaron Dahl scares the bejesus out of me. I I think that maybe he should have started him waiting until they played the Jets. Uh, by the way, they play Arizona uh, in in week nine here, I believe, uh, unless the schedule's changed. <laughs> Uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, the first thing, at least they're giving them two weeks to to ramp up and and, and get uh, you know familiar with all the guys and 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 run the plays in the with first team offense. But but I tell you, this has got to hurt at least temporarily the, the fantasy values of guys like Devontae Parker who who was already, already has mm-hmm. a groin injury, Preston Williams, uh, you know, a uh, Mike Jazeki who's been up and down. Uh, and then you got Miles Gaskin, the running back there. So are, are people just going to dare him to throw and, uh, you know, sack the, sack the line? So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I know long-term, if he stays healthy, he's going to be uh, successful. I have no doubt about that. The short-term, though, um, hmm, I don't know. I, I'm like you. I think maybe they should have waited until the proper time uh, and, and introduce him against maybe the Jets <laughs> and get a, his confidence yeah. worked up and all and, uh, you know, go from there. But, yeah, I own, we own him in Fanex. I own him in the Dynasty, uh, Dynasty League in FFPC, so I'm going to have him for a long time. He's the fourth quarterback on my roster, so I'm not even considered uh, starting him at all. But, yeah, you got to see what he does on the field, people, before you throw him in your lineup. And uh, fingers crossed here that he stays healthy and that he's – Productive, and I would I would say 150 to 200 yards and one score, and maybe a pick or two might 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 be the best that you can expect against the Rams. I I don't know, but it's going to be interesting to see exactly what happens. Anyway, we want to remind everybody that we have a comprehensive list of injuries that we update on a daily basis over at ffmastermind.com. Just going to uh, mention a couple of uh, names here. Uh, Joe Mixon with the foot injury. Uh, you know, he left the game, came back, and then I kind of left again. So we'll see if he can practice later this week there. Melvin Gordon, uh, you know, did not play because of strep throat. So we'll see if he's over that later this week. The big question is Michael Thomas. He was suspended uh, for getting into a fight and, and disrespecting the coaches, talking back to them. So we're going to see coming off a bye if he's healthy and if they're going to get him uh, back uh, onto the playing field. Hopefully that will happen for Michael Thomas owners. Uh, Deontay Johnson with a back and a toe. Uh, he's expected to practice tomorrow, so it looks like he's going to play this week. Sammy Watkins, I think, is out another week with the hamstring. Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey, oh, it's a mash unit there. They were both limited in practices with their hamstring and foot injuries. 
uh, today, and we'll see if they play on Thursday. But if they're limited, I kind of feel that they probably won't. Travis Fulgham owners, get them in your lineup uh, against the Giants this week. Uh, Jonu Smith with an ankle, he's already been listed as questionable for this coming week. We'll see if he's be able to practice. Noah Fan over in Denver with the ankle. Uh, we'll see if he can practice. He, he was kind of close to getting back on the field. Hopefully he'll be able to play. Dawson Knox with the cap, he's, is uncertain here. And we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim... Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP, they cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, please check us out over at ffmastermind.com. Lots of good stuff there, including our NFL Daily Quickness page and, of course, our weekly Eye in the Sky scanning reports. Uh, two reports each week from Chris Rito on the Colts. Uh, he did write a nice report this week, even though they're on a buy, so there's lots of good stuff to read there. And, of course, uh, we're still producing our weekly in-season fantasy newsletters for our premium subscribers with daily releases, uh, things as the market, uh, uh, the inside slant for the week, uh, um, uh, our fourth one injury report, uh, rankings on Wednesday updated on Saturday. Uh, all that good stuff is uh, discounted, uh, prorated for $24.95 for the rest of the season. Our mid-season sales probably coming up here in another week or two. And please follow me on Twitter on Twitter at FFMastermind. All right, let's get to the picks to click and flick for this week, week seven. Give me a couple of quarterbacks you like this week, this week uh, Chris, and why. Uh, I'll, I'll, say, I'll ask you a quick question first. Who has more fantasy points this year, Lamar Jackson or Gardner Minshew? I guarantee you most people don't realize Lamar Jackson has one more point than Gardner Minshew. He's quietly been a low-end, consistent number one all year five and six games over 23 points, and he's fourth in the league in passing yards. Meanwhile, the Chargers he's playing against this week have a lot of shocking 28 points per game to quarterbacks, which is third overall. And I think this game might actually be a shootout since both teams struggle to keep scores down. He is a sneakily very safe play, Gardner Minshew, this week and almost every week. And I like Matt Ryan. I mean, it's real obvious to say you play a quarterback facing the inept Lions secondary. Yeah, I know the Lions looked better last week, but that was with two weeks to prepare for a one-in-five team. Um, they're just not good. And Ryan looked like a solid QB1 last week. And the difference was getting Julio back. His presence on the field makes this whole offense different. I, I just see little reason why there won't be multiple TD passes thrown. And Ryan is a low-end number one quarterback this week. I uh, I agree with that. Uh, I, I played Ryan with a little bit of hes- hesitancy last week and was very surprised in a nice way. Okay, a couple of guys I like this week. Uh, Matthew Stafford in that game. Uh, it, his, it's his turn against the Falcons. I know that they're getting Dondé Swift more into the running game and all, but uh, the Falcons are just so bad. Uh, I think that Stafford throws two, three scores in his slip in this game, so if you own him, start him. Teddy Bridgewater also has a really good matchup this week against the Saints. They've given up 15 TD passes in five games, people. That's three a game. So, uh very good chance that Bridgewater equals that total. And so if you own them and you need them, start them in your lineup. A couple guys I'm concerned about this week, uh, Jimmy G uh, rebounded after a terrible game because of his ankle. Well, uh, he's still not 100%. He played better. They 
got them short passes and such. Well, you know, the Patriots are going to play that, uh, not going to play that in the game. They won't, they won't allow them to do that kind of things and get to be successful. So I think they're going to limit him. Uh, so be careful with Jimmy G. He is not a good play this week. And also in that game, Cam Newton, uh, you know, he's struggling coming back from COVID, uh, you know, uh, very inaccurate with his passing. The 49er secretary is rebounding a little bit uh, this week, and I just don't like uh, Cam. I, I'm, I'm in that mode of uh, prove it, show me that you can get the job done and hook up with guys like Julian Edelman that you should be doing that you haven't done for weeks, and then I'll put you back in my lineup. Anyway, how about a couple quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Uh, just like Jimmy G, I'm down on Jared G, Jared Goff this week. He's been really erratic. He's been under 18 fantasy points half of his game so far, and he's looked really inaccurate the last three weeks. Um the Bears, meanwhile, have allowed an average of only 15 quarterback fantasy points per game the last five weeks and only a high of 21 this year with no more than a single passing touchdown allowed in any one game. Goff has also faced the Bears each of his last two seasons, and he has between 170 and 180 yards each time with five interceptions in those two games. I mean, yuck, just stay away. And then Daniel Jones. I mean, not that it's much of a surprise. He's been one of the most disappointing fantasy quarterbacks to many. And this week, I just don't see it, this being the week he breaks out of his slump. The Eagles have allowed only one quarterback to top 270 yards, and uh, they've only allowed 250 passing yards a game despite playing some pretty decent offenses. Um, Jones has yet to throw more than a single touchdown in a game, and he's averaging 150 yards per game with five straight games under 16 fantasy points. The only time he's faced this division rival, he had one touchdown, four sacks, and three turnovers on a short week on the road. No way to Daniel Jones. Okay, uh, that's not good for my team. The Giants, they won. Hey, hey the, the, the New York has one win now between the two teams. Okay. Uh, how about a couple of running backs you like and why? You mentioned him earlier. I like DeAndre Swift this week. He's coming off his best game as a pro, and he gets this Falcons run defense that has been erratic at best against the run and has been especially burnt by speedier backs. Um, they've been gouged by receiving backs as well for seven receptions a game, and Swift is the best option on the team. Uh, in the passing game as well uh, for his running back. This might be the week we see a little changing of the guard in the Detroit backfield as this young man has quietly averaged 17.5 PPR points per game if you take out that one week, week three disappearing act. So he's, and I love David Johnson this week. Uh, the Packers have allowed the second most fantasy points per game to running backs, buoyed mostly by the fact that four of the five lead running backs they've faced so far this year have scored a pair of touchdowns against them, including last week with Rojo. They have also given up amongst the most running back receptions and yards, and Johnson's one of the few guys that dominated his, his team's backfield touches and snaps and receptions. He gets his crack as a workhorse against this defense. I think his volume and opportunity give him a great chance to exceed his usual consistent scoring this week. Okay, a couple of running backs I like this week. You just mentioned them. Rojo, Ronald Jones, you can run on the Raiders, so get him in your lineup, and he's hot. <laughs> it's going good for Tampa Bay in their running game right now. And another one for people that are wanting to look for a flex during this bye week is J.D. McKissick has very quietly kind of almost taken over that uh, that job in uh, Washington. Antonio Gibson is still starting and all, but last week I think McKissick had one more touch than Gibson. They were on the field about 50% of the time each. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I've already uh, – picked him up and then started him the last couple of weeks uh, in the FFPC He's my three running back with due to the buy situations and guess what they're playing the Cowboys this week so <laughs> uh, he could actually score in this game so if you uh, if you need a flex option go with JD McKissick there uh, a couple of guys I'm not concerned, uh, not not crazy about this week. Damian Harris, the 49ers. I think they're just going to limit him. Uh, you know, he, he's 
he's going to get his bread and butter by running the ball, not really catching it, barely even catches it all. And I just think they're going to limit him, uh, limit that running game there. And in this week's caution play for me is James Robinson. Of course, you are going to start him, okay? But the Chargers have yet to allow a rushing TD. So you're going to hope that James Robinson is going to catch a lot of passes for you. And if you're in a PPR league, yeah, maybe you might get 10, 15 points, maybe even a little more. But if you're in a non-PPR league or a basic scoring league, I'd be very careful about starting James Robinson this week. Um, how about a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Uh, we mentioned him earlier, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. We talked about all the reasons why Bell could have a role this week. These are the reasons I'm really down on CEH this week. Um, and plus, Denver's pretty good against the run and really bad against the pass. So I think, you know, Casey's strength is obviously the pass. They're going to go with it. I just think the volume is going to be down. So he's a caution play. You're probably going to start him. And another guy you're going to start is Josh Jacobs. But I think you have to temper your expectations due to the matchup and game script. Uh, just like CEH, his high cost. Uh, in like in DFS leagues and reduced potential, probably make him a lousy DFS guy this week. Tampa's defense is playing really well. They've allowed the fewest rushing yards in the NFL so far. And even though Vegas is coming off a bye, Jacobs is too touchdown dependent and too inefficient, only three and a half yards per carry, to be a strong play against the defense that is limiting yards and has only allowed two rushing scores in the last four weeks. Okay. I'm at a couple wide receivers you like and why. Um, I like scary Terry McLaurin this week. He's, he's quietly number five in the NFL in targets. He's going to get ample opportunity against this secondary that's been beaten often and deep. Um, Dallas has allowed the most receiving touchdowns wide receivers despite allowing the 24th most receptions, so this is a good way to attack them. McLaurin's a red zone threat as well. Um, I think he's a good bet for at least one score this week, and it's never a bad play to start a receiver against Alice. Yes, I said Alice. Notice there's no D there because that's the way they play. And then I like OBJ this week. He's <laughs> He's, he's only scored a touchdown in six of his 22 games at the Browns, but he has scored in his last two matchups with the Bengals, and OBJ usually steps up in divisional games for his whole career. So uh, the Cincy pass defense was just shredded by a sloth-like three and receiving crew in Indianapolis, so they are very beatable deep. OBJ gets it done this week after Pittsburgh shut down all the Browns last week. I think they rebound. Okay, a couple of uh, guys I like this week. Uh, Robbie Anderson has been good pretty much every week all year. And, uh, you know, he caught four passes from almost 80 yards against the Bears last week, and that's pretty darn good. Well, he gets the Saints this week, and you know what? The Saints have given up five, 15 touchdown passes, so Robbie Anderson's not only going to get his yards, I think he's going to score in this one, so plug and play. Uh, also, uh, I already mentioned him, Travis Fulgham uh, for Philly. I mean, I probably doubt that Deshaun Jackson is going to play Alshon Jeffries probably not going to play. Ertz and <laughs> Godert are definitely out. It's going to be Richard Rodgers, uh, uh, was it Greg Ward, and <laughs> Travis Fulgham, along with Boston Scott. Wow. Uh, so stick with Fulgham this week against the Giants. Uh, he'll, he won't let you down. A couple of guys I'm concerned about this week because they play the Bears, the Rams, Cooper Cup. Uh, now, uh, you can't take last week's game and possibly what he does this week and go, oh, I need to get rid of him. He's worthless. I mean, come on. The 49ers really locked down, and, and, and Jared Goff just was wildly inaccurate. Now, Cup's probably going to improve on his two or three catches there for 15 yards or whatever he got, uh, and I own him in a couple of teams, and I'm going to stick with him, but you've got to lower your expectations against the Bears this week. He'd be lucky if he gets 60 or 70, exactly what Robbie Anderson did last week. And, of course, Julian Edelman, uh, Cam's poor play, inaccurate passing and all, is killing him. Unless they make uh, Julian Edelman the full-time quarterback, then again, the former Kent State quarterback <laughs> completed a couple of passes last week. Unfortunately, you're, you're going to get like half the amount of points 
because you're going to get 20 yards passing, you're going to equal 10 yards, well, whatever. Sit Edelman this week until things change in New England. Okay. Uh, how about a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Yeah, you can move Cam to fullback. Sounds like a great plan. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I got a couple of studs who are caution plays this week. Again, you're going to play these guys. One is Allen Robinson. Um, the Chicago offense is still below average even falls, especially in the passing game. L.A. is more susceptible on the ground, so I think the volume should be low again this week. A-Rob's the leading target man in the NFL, but he's going to have a face full of Jalen Ramsey this week, and Ramsey's limited a bunch of top guys to their lowest output so far. Diggs, McLaurin, Slayton, Amari Cooper, they all had their lowest games against, against the Rams. So I'd be a little concerned about him not putting up typical numbers. And then speaking of Amari Cooper, I don't, I'm not really fond on him this week. Washington's totally limited the wide receiver. They've allowed the fewest wide receiver receptions and only three touchdowns so far. They've only allowed one guy over 70 yards. Cooper has also really mostly disappeared for long stretches of time since Andy Dalton took over with Gallup getting far more targets. He's a guy you got to look out for. He's a real caution play here for the guy that used to be really high volume in this offense. Okay. How about a couple of tight ends you like and why? I love T.J. Hawkinson again this week, just like last week. Only Travis Kelsey has more targets inside the 10 this year in the whole NFL in any position. And Hawk has scored three touchdowns his last four games plus a two-pointer. Definitely a prime target. And the Falcons have allowed the most tight end touchdowns so far in 2020, allowing seven and six games. He's almost a lock to score this week. And then here you want a total, you want a real ballsy matchup play this week, Ian Thomas. I, I think the Saints just gave up a tight end touchdown on their bye week uh, as we were speaking. So, I mean, seriously, the next game that they don't allow a tight end touchdown will be their first. Nine tight ends have scored on them in the last eight games. He's a low-volume, risky play, but, damn, that is a serious trend you got to think about here. Yep. Uh, a couple of tight ends I like this week. Evan Ingram, uh, I know he's been struggling and all, but the, tie, the Eagles have allowed six tight end scores in 2020, so I think if you're looking at a guy that's going to score in the game for the Giants, it's going to be Ingram, uh, via the pass, that is. Uh, I think Devonta Freeman might score in that, in that game too, but we'll see. Anyway, Hunter Henry, uh, I, like, I like him this week. Uh, coming off that bye, they play the, the Jaguars, and Hawkinson just scored in that game, so I think he's going to score uh, against the Jaguars this week. A couple of guys I'm concerned about, Joe Smith. Ankle injury plus Steelers tough tight end defense equal. Be careful here, and <laughs> probably you don't want to start him. Uh, you want to keep an eye on him, see if he even practices later this week, and we'll see. And then Greg Olson, uh, the Cardinals play the tight end. Very tough in 2020, total polar opposite of what they usually are. And in addition, uh, Olson's been losing key looks to Disley who got the touchdown pass against the Vikings last time they played. So be careful with Greg Olson. Probably look elsewhere for other fantasy uh, choices. Uh, how about a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why, Chris? I'm going to stick with my theme this week of putting absolute studs on my flick list or my caution play list. I'll mention George Kittle. Uh, it's well known that Belichick takes away your best option and dares you to beat him. But And, and really, do the 49ers have another threat uh, on their team right now? Patriots have also only allowed three tight end receptions per game and only 40 yards per game through five games to the position. So I think you've got to temper your expectations with what Belichick's been known to do here. And then I'm going to put Hayden Hurst here again. I know he had a, a good game last week. He managed to find the end zone. But he's been mostly a forgotten man in this offense at times. I think and since I think they're going to move the ball at will with a variety of options against Detroit, I can't see a high volume here. Interestingly, Detroit, despite all their defensive struggles, they've only allowed 10 tight, down, tight end receptions so far this year for under 100, under 100 total yards in five games. So they actually defend it pretty well. Okay. Uh, hit me with your one-hit wonders at kicker and defense, Chris. Um, I'm going to say Sam Sloman with a little bit of an asterisk here. The Bears are allowing four field goal attempts per game, so it's a great opportunity here. But just earlier this afternoon, the Rams signed Kai Forbath off the Bears' 
I think, I think it was off the Bears practice squad to their active roster, so this could change by Sunday. I think Sloman or Kai Forbath, whoever's kicking for them on Sunday, is a great play, especially the veteran Forbath. And then I like Mike Badgley this week. The Jags have allowed three straight double-digit, three-plus field goal games. I think the Money Badger makes it four in a row. And then on defense, um, I, I love Buffalo this week against the Jets. I mean, the cure for being the fourth lowest scoring fantasy defense is you play against the Jets. I think they get well, they get healthy. <laughs> and then I like your, I like your G-men on Thursday night. Uh, their defense has scored a touchdown two straight weeks, and this week they face the most sacked and the most turnover-prone team in the league on a short week without Ertz, without Goddard, without Alshon, without D-Jax, without Miles Sanders, and without three other offensive linemen. So I think the G-men's defense could really have a, a beat this week. Okay. We want to remind everyone a premium fantasy newsletter purchase also gets you free access to our subscriber forum where there are nearly 4,000 subscribers registered and waiting to voice their opinions. Anyway, thank you for joining us this week. For Chris Rito, this is Michael Masarek. See you all next week when week eight of the 2020 NFL season is previewed. Good night and good luck to everyone this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Masarek the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.